Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Um, it's a beautiful day here in the Hebron Hills. It is the end of February, the 27th. So we're practically into March. And then very, very soon is Purim. And then it just keeps rolling. Purim, Pesach, we get into spring and we're just busy, busy, one hug after the other. It is the best time to be in Israel. It's the best time to be here. Um, I was gonna, you know, talk about something that happens to probably all Olim when they come from their foreign mother country. It happened to me, um, our memories. Our memories are different than the memories our children are creating for themselves. And sometimes it's hard to, um, I guess, balance that. You know, we're not exactly able to share the experiences that they are experiencing during their own development and their own childhood. And they're growing up. Uh, it's different. Their experience in school is very different than mine. Their experience with friends and teachers and after school activities, totally different. Even their songs and their references and their cultural um, you know, experiences, very, very different. And I was listening to My Fair Lady on the radio and I got all, you know, like choked up and I didn't understand why. And, and I think that's what it was, you know, my experiences and my backgrounds and my memories are totally different than theirs. And um, that's gonna happen. And that is normal. And I think I uh, realized, and we all should realize that even my memories are different than the memories my parents have with their way of growing up. Um, it's every generation is different and it doesn't really matter whether it's in a different country or not. And that's just something to put out there. And if anyone else experiences that ever, just know you're not alone and it's not unusual and it's totally fine and healthy and normal. Um, our children have different lives than us. They have different childhoods than us, no matter if it's in Israel or somewhere else. Stay with us. We have a great show for you today. We'll be right back. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Joining us today is Yosef Packer. He is an Ole from South Florida who made Aliyah in 2006 as a single man. He was 32 years old. He um, was just recently introduced to me. He's going to tell us his story. He lives today in Yerushalayim, married with a family. 
Um, and I believe he's standing by. Yosef, are you there? Hello, Natalie. It's good to be here. Thanks, everyone, for having me. Wonderful. Great, great. So it was great to meet you. A friend of mine told me that you have a very cool Aliyah story, and we're always looking for cool Aliyah stories. So you gave me a quick uh, summary, but let's, let's go back and um, tell, tell our listeners what happened to you. What, what happened to get you to move and change your life and bring it here? Well, it's kind of, it's nice that we're coming to Purim. And one of the wonderful things about Purim is that it's sort of like the God is hidden in the story. And that's kind of like my mm. story. It's a series of events that led me here, uh, thankfully. And I was um, in a law firm, a big international law firm, doing all kinds of uh, international um, uh, negotiation, international lawsuits. And one of the uh, um, lawyers in the firm, he is a, a Gerritzetic, a righteous convert. And he has a, an incredible story of his own. <clears throat> but anyhow, he decided to make a lunch and learn in the law firm and invite all, all different um, people from around the, uh, from the area, not just from our office or the building even. And so we'd meet once a week, and each week he would bring different speakers, um, once, uh, different rabbis, different, uh, different kinds of um, uh, representatives from Israel. And so a particular Chabad rabbi came, and he had a young assistant with him, was like 20-something, and uh, we hit it off. And it was there that um, over sushi that uh, it kind of just completely blew my mind open about spiritual Judaism because I had been brought up um, with a very strong Jewish identity but didn't have much contact with uh, a deeper sort of understanding of Judaism and the connection to the land of Israel. And so one of the two, the two things that really blew my mind open was about Matim, that there is a time that there's going to be the return of the dead, uh, which was very personal to me. My mother passed when I was a child. And, and this is something I didn't even know was Jewish. And they presented this at this lunch alone at a law firm, and it blew my mind. And the other thing that blew my mind, as a lawyer, to the idea of something called the Shon Hara, that, that you can say something that's true according to Jewish law, but it has negative implications. It's forbidden to do. And to tell a lawyer that, that, that understood that the truth will set you free at all times, that suddenly there's a whole other level of, of having to be careful of what you say and how you say it with major, major implications blew my mind. I had no idea that it had anything to do with Judaism. So anyhow, this sort of opened my mind, and as it opened my mind to Judaism, I was the kind of guy, I lived abroad for two years, spoke some foreign languages, and so to me, if you're going to like try something, you go to the base. So if you're going to eat spaghetti, you go to Ferenzi. So if you want to taste Judaism, you want to taste Eretz Israel, the people of, of Israel, then you got to go to Israel. So I went on a, a, a pilot trip just to kind of like uh, feel out the water. I wanted to kind of just be a tourist and travel around. And then I was going to take a year and do something more spiritual. So the two years okay. off, basically, stop, I told my long Stop term. there, stop there, yeah, stop sure. there. Yosef, okay. So you're this guy, where were you living at the time? Where was this all happening? This is happening in Miami. Uh-huh. So you're in Miami, a big international law firm. You're a single guy. You have the life, right? And, you know, it seems strange to me that this would have struck you because... When you hear about single people, you know, successful, working, it seems like they have it all. That's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked it because I think a lot of times we, we live in images. Uh, imagery is such a strong thing. I mean, we're the people of Shema Israel. Listen and understand Israel. Our strength is hearing on a deeper level what's going on in reality. And frankly, we look around and a lot of times things can look in a, a certain way, but we know from our own personal stories, 
that the way things appear on the outside aren't always the way they are on the inside. And we often see these, you know, Hollywood stories, whatever, behind the scenes. And I think everyone behind the scenes is a different story. So as you described it, you could definitely see it that way. But on the inside, it was not that way at all. There was a, a longing, a yearning, a pain, and, and a lot of it had a lot of different situations. But um, there was a big hole, and I had no idea what that hole was or why it was there or what would fill it in. But that was not even, and I didn't know that when I came to Israel, that that was two things totally connected. And so it was uh, something called Siyat Yishmai, with the help of heaven, that I was on this sort of journey. I call it again like a poem story because it wasn't so apparent what was going on. You know, I was thinking more like a tourist, more like check things out, but there was a big story going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if you, um, so that brought me to Israel, and I went to Ulpan, Trying, but, but, uh, I, I, but, but Joseph, I mean, you were in the middle of your career, probably early in your career. I mean, how right. old were you at the time? At that time, I'm, uh, I'm around 30, 30 no, 31, I mean, something like that, 32. That's just crazy to me that you would, yeah. that you would just drop everything and go to Israel. Were, were people concerned? Did you have friends or colleagues that were telling you, don't do it? Uh, that's a good question. And, you know, I, I'm trying to think back. I remember the going away party. And it was a very supportive firm. In fact, there was a there was a mixture of different people. It was in Miami, so you have you know, there was a few Jews, a lot of non-Jews. There was Latinos, not Latinos, people from the north, because the international firm people shipped in from all over the place. And so mm-hmm. and it was a really warm atmosphere, and people were pretty supportive. Like they were kind of expecting mm-hmm. me to come back in two years. So it was kind of like right. a, 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 what do you call it, hiatus or sabbatical right. from from uh, from our thing, okay. and um, okay. they're expecting me to come back. I was expecting to come back. I wasn't planning. <laughs> it was really more like a, an adventure kind of journey, and then it took yeah. like a, a different twist when it, once I got here and, and got more involved. Okay, so go ahead. And so, um, so I came. Like I said, like it was, it was, and um, one of the amazing things that happens when I came, and I make the suggestion to everybody making Aliyah, is to try and connect with a family here that really you feel connected to. So I was in a little bit of a program, and I asked them. I want a big, warm, Sephardi family. Uh, I'm Ashkenazi, from Ashkenazi background, but I lived in Spain, and and I just wanted a big family that was filled with like. And, Life and Sephardi because I live in Spain, so I, I thought Sephardi. So I got this beautiful family called the Montenegro family from Murad. They're of a Moroccan background, and I walked in this house. There was like six, seven kids, and uh, and I'm I'm not used to such a big family. And next thing I know, I'm basically become adopted. I'm there all the time, and um, that's the way I was with the Chabad family in, in, in Florida as well. I started going on Shabbat and tasting Shabbat a little bit, but again, it was a slow process. Um, for me, I wasn't just like jumping in. I was tasting things, but I felt this real strong connection to the family. And through the family, I ended up at Ulpan um, to learn uh, Hebrew. I wanted to start learning Hebrew. Um, and uh, at the Ulpan, there was a, a paratrooper. Well, I'm saying at the Ulpan, that's why I was in Tel Aviv. I uh, started going to a place called Rosh Yehudi, if you're familiar with. It's a sort of an outreach center um, based on sort of Dati Lumi, the National Zionist um, outlook. And, uh, and I started going, it was very social, very fun, you know, a lot of uh, really uh, young people and events, and, and it was really a good time. And, um, and there I had my, met, my sort of, my first spiritual leader in Israel was a young woman doing her national service, and her name was Ruchama. And, and she ended up being a pretty big uh, music star in Israel for singing for women. Uh, and interestingly enough, 
my, one of my sons is a singer, and he's a, a really a follower of this guy called Akiva, another big singer in Israel. And it ended up, I didn't even know, but they're brother and sister. And so it's like wow. full circle. Yeah, the full circle came around. It was really, my son was like singing his songs, and we were loving his songs. And I saw interviews. Our father as a rabbi, and he had his daughter and son there. And I'm like, wait a second, that's Ruhama. And she's Akiva's sister. <laughs> it was uh, mm-hmm. just a full circle for me. And little things like that, like running into friends you know at the Koto, uh, give me those warm feelings. Like Jerusalem became sort of my hometown, my backyard. And for me, that was a big right. thrill. When I first came here, uh, that was one of my, I wanted to learn my way around Jerusalem. For me, that would be a big deal. And today, I can't walk around the street without seeing people I know and saying hello. So it's, it's, uh, oh, nice. it's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful um, experience. What program was that that you came on? Do you remember what it was called back then in two thousand and six? I think I think it's defunct now, but it was called Wujis, and it was down in Iran. Ah, yes, yes, yes. You know that? We've oh. had a few guests. We've had a few guests okay. come on the show. It is go. It is yeah. It does not exist anymore. And I love this. I mean, everyone I've had, I've interviewed, did that program. I didn't say that correctly. <laughs> not everyone I've interviewed had done that program, but I've interviewed several people who did that program, and they all stayed here. Well, um, I, uh, the, the, the a, person who ran it was a very special rabbi, um, the one that when I was there, and I still see him once in a while down in Arad. And, uh, and actually, I was in that program a little bit, and then I jumped in the program, and I really just wanted to, like, immerse myself into, like, the Opan and, and learning. And, um, and so I wanted to say, I was in this Opan, and a, a paratrooper, this is part of the story that you don't even know what's going on behind the scenes, but it's going on. So this guy, a paratrooper, who was there, um, and I met him in, in uh, uh, Opan and Rosh. He wasn't Opan, he was in Rosh Hashanah. So I went from Opan to Rosh Hashanah, and I met this guy. And he said, I'm going to Jerusalem to check out uh, Ayeshiva. And I, and I saw that it has an English-speaking program. And he's like, do you want to go? And I was like, sure, I'll take a ride with you. So uh, we went up to the place. I went to check it out. And I walk in the office, and, uh, and 15 years later, whatever, I'm still there. And so that was... Uh, a very uh, monumental moment in my life to walk in this very special Wait, wait, place. wait, wait. What do you mean you're still there? You walked in the I'm office still, of a yeshiva and... Yeah, I'm still in the yeshiva. Not in the office, I'm still in the yeshiva. <laughs> it's um, a place oh. called Mohon Meir. It's uh, right here in Kent Moshe in Jerusalem. And they have an English program for um, for people getting started, Jose Batruba, people new to becoming, you know, observant. And uh, so what's wonderful about it is it's in the atmosphere of a full-blown um, um, Israeli yeshiva. So you have sort of the best of both worlds. And uh, the Rosh Yeshiva is a, a rabbi named Rab Begon, who is a legitimate tzaddik. He was uh, um, from the kibbutz to the um, to Merkaz Rav Yeshiva, to an uh, army officer, to a leader of... Generation, 
Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller, and me, Matt Zucker, for Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Returning Home. We're continuing our talk with Yosef Packer, who made Aliyah in 2006 from South Florida. He was an international lawyer and decided to go on an adventure. And he came to Israel. He was 30 years old, single, and he uh, is telling us what happened. He came on the Wuches program in Arad and then just kind of found his way through Israel. We're we're continuing a little bit. Um, Yosef, you want to take it from there? Sure. And so I was saying, I uh, came to the yeshiva, and to my surprise, I uh, ended up staying and um, suddenly changed my whole life path. I had been living by a resume, you know, from high school to college to make sure everything lines up appropriately. And then I mm-hmm. suddenly said, I'm filling out the resume, and um, I decided to basically take my life in a whole different direction. Um, I guess that hole that I had mentioned earlier, that sense of missing something, was... Um, being in Jerusalem and learning Torah and changing my whole vision of what it meant to be alive and what my purpose was. And so I, I started strengthening at Mahon Meir, and it wasn't overnight, um, but uh, slowly but surely I um, started strengthening. And it's interesting because the person that, uh, his name is Ezra Shapira, that introduced um, uh, me and Natalie to me is actually the person who introduced me to my wife. We were uh, learning yeah. together at the at uh, Mahon Meir, Ezra and myself, and um, it's interesting. He bumped into uh, uh, this woman because he, he was working out in a um, in a place um, called uh, Susia. He was working there, and my wife's brother works in agriculture, and so they had a business dealing together. My wife's a lawyer, actually a very good lawyer, much better than me, and um, and she went out there to sort of deal, help them with their deal, and at the same time. She was kind of like playing with her nephews and nieces, and my friend saw her, and he said, wow, I think this is a good match for my friend Yosef. But here's the problem, guys. I was new to the game, and this is a woman from an observant family, and my friend Ezra, being very wise, said he doesn't have a chance right now. It's just not going to work out. So he literally waited a year. He thought about this for a year, and we learned, and I was um, sort of um, getting strengthening myself and, and really um, um, changing a lot of my uh, ways of acting and thinking, things like that. And so when he thought I was ready, he said, I think I have a girl for you. All right, stop there. I I, I want to explain, and I want you to help me, and I want to make sure I answer. I want to explain to our audience what you mean. When somebody is raised religious, they're called from from birth, okay? They're religious their entire life. Their family's Mm -hmm. religious, and they have a religious life. When someone new becomes religious as an adult, like you, and also like me, as we're seeing, this is not going to work. And um, that is very true, right? That's well, what he means, just for all of our well, listeners. What I'm, what I'm referring understand. to is, is like, 
that there, there's, it's, it's a wonderful connection, but it has to be someone who has made that decision that they're committed to living a certain lifestyle. And so I was still prior to that commitment. So okay. um, that, like, that try, definitely learning, is a tricky trying. business. I, I but understand. once you make the I commitment, want... it's a beautiful thing, you know, but yeah, there yeah, has I, to I be just... that commitment. Yosef, I want our audience to understand because you're speaking a certain language that I understand, but they might not. I just want you to understand. Gotcha. People who are raised religious usually marry others who are raised religious. It can be that they'll marry someone who's newly religious, but as Yosef is telling us, that newly religious person has to be 100% committed. It can't be like a you know, he's sampling it. You know, right, <laughs> that's a exactly. commitment. It's an entire life. You know, you, you keep Shabbat right. forever. You know, you, right. wear, you, you believe in certain um, principles and you have certain values and that is part of you. It's not Correct. something you, you, you're going to dump one day. It's not like that. Um, and, right. and that's what Ezra was very wise of him to wait and to see what you were all yeah. about. That's exactly true. So now here's the interesting part. So you would think I, he, he was expecting me to jump for joy. But I was like, no, thank you. Why? Because my friend says to me, I have this great girl that explains her whole background, and she's a lawyer. And I said, oh, stop right there. I said, I, 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 I'm a lawyer, and I made a decision a long time ago, one lawyer per household, and thank you very much. And my friend said, oh, but I think you're making a big mistake. And uh, thank God I listened to my friend um, um, because I married my soulmate, and uh, thank God we um, had a beautiful wedding at the, at the, um, the great synagogue in Jerusalem, and uh, here we are uh, about 10, 15 years later, and we outgrew uh, a minivan, and uh, we beat the Brady Bunch, and we're, thank God, raising our, our family here in Jerusalem, and it's, uh, <laughs> this is like the major part of my life. This is pretty much the, uh, the sea in Hebrew, we say, the peak of my life right now is basically uh, being a family man here in Jerusalem and raising my kids and my wife. Beautiful. That is beautiful. That's a beautiful story. I'm glad you listened. I'm glad... He convinced you. Yes. Good for you, Ezra. It's and I'll really tell you beautiful. something, guys. That we go, there's this idea of like the truth is like always telling the absolute truth. But there's certain times when you can kind of fib a little bit. And so uh, my friend Ezra told my wife, who's pretty tall, that I'm really tall, which I'm not. And um, he told me like certain things. So in the game of making uh, um, the connection of soulmates, sometimes you have to be very creative. So uh, just to throw that out <laughs> <laughs> it is true. It's good you say that, especially today when the dating game is so different than what it once was. Um, people write down what they want, and then they go shopping online for that wow. item, really. And it's just, it's very strange to me. You can't choose people like, um, you know, a menu selection. It's not like that. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, um, I think it's probably one of the areas in life, yeah, has a very, very, very strong um, faith, and, um, and, and so you have to definitely take risks. There's no question about it. Like, people that are, you have to take risks, calcul calculated risks, but I'm sure there's, there's very few people that know 100% every second of the, of the day, this is it, I'm ready. There's always a jumping in the water, and so um, everyone should be blessed to find their soulmate, and if they're, whoever they're with, to realize that they're their soulmate as well. Right. And once you do make that commitment and um, you're together, it's a job. It's not, you know, smooth sailing. It's not a dream. Mm -hmm. It's not a prom night forever. It's a job. And it's a give on both sides. Both sides have to give. There's no take. It's both sides giving. 
And it's, um, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, and it's totally, uh, that, that's what it is. It's a job, but it's an investment. And like you said, your family is like, you're, you got a team. And now you have your team. 100%. Yeah. So um, we're down to, to um, we have some more time, but I, I want you to get into a little bit. Uh, if you can share with our listeners any advice, and if you can also think back on any hardships you had when being new here. Because mm-hmm. you um, you were single, so it probably wasn't so hard being single. You just take care of yourself. But if you can remember, and to maybe give our listeners a little bit of inspiration, some of them are still um, not coming, not here, because of whatever reasons. Um, mm-hmm. If we can hear maybe some challenges that you had to overcome, that would be great. And then to, to give them some advice, that would also be great. Okay, well, I, I think that's a good question. Thankfully, um <clears throat> I didn't have so many like uh, extreme difficulties, any stories of extreme difficulties, but I can say a couple words of advice is that I traveled a bit in the world and lived in different places. And so I remember early on breaking sort of my one vision of the world, sort of I had my, my American vision of, of the world. And when I first moved abroad, and it happened to be Spain, things were different. And I looked around like, this is weird. Like, they're not doing things right. And it's strange. And, and then, um, and so when I came to Israel, I was a little bit more adapted but, but that can be culture shock. And I think one of the most, most important things to do, um, just from a general mental perspective, is to be ready for differences, ready for changes, to realize not everyone does things the same way, and that's okay. Some are better, some are worse. And I can say, and I'm sure you can confirm this, Natalie, is that, thank God, over the past 10, 15 years, the bureaucracy here has improved a lot compared to what it was 15 years ago. Um, things are becoming a lot more online, streamlined. I mean, um, just, I mean, I remember going to the get your mail was like an all-day affair. <laughs> and right. now, like, things get delivered to your door. There's Amazon, a lot of conveniences that they didn't have um, back in the day. So I think right. uh, that is getting a lot better. But there are still a lot of things. Where I know people are fresh coming here. They're, they're a little put back by certain things. And so my suggestion is that, that we have an open mind uh, and understand it's not going to be exactly the same as we expected. That's one thing. And another thing more on the funny, uh, funny uh, accolade is that when you first come here, you don't know the language so well, most of us. Um, and so I had a tendency of saying yes to everything. Because I guess that's like everything I don't understand. I understand. I said, Ken, 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 Ken. Yes, 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 yes. So I was in the mall, and they have uh, hot food there for Shabbat, and, and it stands. Like, uh, it was nice. So I'm going around tasting different foods. And one guy said something to me. And I have no idea what he said, but I take the little sample of food, and I say, Ken, 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 and I stick it in my mouth, and it, it must be 150 degrees boiling, and I just scream in pain and, like, spit it out, and he's like, Mom, 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 what's going on? And then I'm like, it's hot, and, and he says, I told you, and, I was, and he said, you said yes, yes, yes. So my suggestion yeah. is just be careful when you say yes, yes, yes all the time, and never be afraid <laughs> to ask. What, what did you say? I don't understand. It's okay. One is bashful. Can't, you can't learn unless you have, uh, you're not too bashful. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid. It's okay. Because like like it's like in, in a little way, you're starting fresh. So you need to learn the lay of the land and ask a lot yeah. of questions. And most people, thank God, will answer your questions. And, um, and be patient. A lot of patience. Yeah. Very good. Very good points. Um, and and I, if I may add to that, learn a few words in Hebrew and a few small sentences in Hebrew 
um, it will help you. You're saying ken, ken, okay, but maybe maze, what is this? Right. Um, something, and lo me vina, you know, lo me vin, I don't understand. Just a few things. So you're not so much of a tourist. I mean, if you're going to come and you're going to stay, you've got to get your feet wet. And mm-hmm. it may be hard at first, but you'll do it. All right. It looks like we are out of time. Thank you so much, Yosef, for joining Can us. I say, I really I make one that. plug. I have, uh, uh, I made a music uh, sort of adventure. It's named Y, the letter Y, space, Shofario, S-H-O-S-A-R-I-O. It's great. Um, funk, soul, Jewish neshama music that is very individual and unique and I think you'll like it. Some really good videos. So you can check that out on uh, Google. Just stick it in or any of your <laughs> or you ever listen to music. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany's but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel, Phantom Nation, every Monday. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your, ho- I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. That was a great interview with Yosef. He was just telling us at the end that he actually has recorded a song. I will put that in the show notes uh, when we're finished today. It's actually, I think he's actually sending his information. I'll tell you right now what it is. Um, bear with me. It is um, on YouTube. Why? Shofario, the letter Y and then Shofar, like Shofar and then I-O, cute. All right. Um, I just want to let you know who is listening to us today from around the world. We have the United States, Israel, Argentina, Italy, Switzerland, Canada, Croatia, Brazil, Honduras, the Netherlands, and Mexico. So that is great. Thank you all for listening. It's exciting that we are reaching the far corners of the earth. I love that. Um, because this is a universal message. Come home. Come to Israel. And, you know, we all see what's going on right now with the Ukraine. And there are a lot of Ukrainian Jews. And they should come. They really should. Um, that is a large and, I believe, a pretty substantial Jewish community. And um, we actually have rescuers there evacuating them to the Polish border uh, we have teams there for the past four years. Uh, we have an ambulance and we have a station, Hatzalat Yudav Shamron, helping them because in Uman, it's a very big um, Jewish community. And once a year, a lot of people go and visit. So we actually put a put an ambulance and a station there a couple of years ago. So we have a team of Israelis and Ukrainians. And uh, we actually sent some more people over to get them out. There are buses and, and vans getting them out of there, people who are unable to go on their own. I know Chabad is helping people. Um, you know, war is hard. War is, is difficult. And they should come to Israel. They should have been coming to Israel. I don't know why there are still Jews there, but I don't know why there are Jews anywhere in the world when there's a vibrant Jewish state today. I, I find it bizarre. I mean, you can give me excuse after excuse, but you're going to run out and you're going to run out of time. This is where you're supposed to be. Um, I'm not going to go on with that because I get too upset uh, when I interview people on the show and they have been raised in a Zionist or an Orthodox 
family and they have been coming to Israel multiple times over their life and they just make Aliyah when they're old or when they're adults. I, I just, you know, I, I really don't know what to say to them. I mean, like, why? What, what took you so long? But I think people, you know, maybe just get stuck or they take Israel for granted. They think it's always going to be there or they were raised with Israel being their summer place or their vacation spot, their Disney world. And that goes on just way too much. And that's got to stop. You know, this is a country we're living, we're breathing. People have jobs, people have problems. People raise their families here. People get divorced here. People have jails here. They're, it's a real, you know, country with real problems and real success stories. And this is where you've got to be, you know, this is the meat here. All right. This is, this is the, the, the field. Don't be in the bleachers, you know, rooting for your team. Be here on the field part of it. It's just bizarre to me um, when, when people just don't come, especially when they've come so many times. And, and I guess I could see that they're just following a pattern. And I think we all do follow patterns. I mean, why did it take me so long to get here, right? Um, we, we all follow patterns. It, we, we do what's comfortable. And, you know, there's a price to pay for that. Now, I'm not saying, you know, you should be uncomfortable and uh, life should be uh, difficult, but it is a very fast world today, a very fast changing world today. And things aren't the way they used to be. One example I'll tell you is like having a career. Um, it used to be that you stayed in your job forever. And um, the past 20 years, 30 years, when I even entered the job market in my 20s, I was considered a hopper. I remember my boss looked at my resume and she told me, she said, yeah, I saw you and I knew you were a hopper. And she said it in a positive way, meaning like I went from job to job. And that's something that was unheard of way back, you know, in the 60s, 70s, 80s even. It was not a favorable thing, but that's changed. And it's okay to, to move, to move from place to place. But my, my own point is things do change. Things do change. And the world is changing. And yes, the Jews had to go to safe havens after World War II. And they found places that accepted us, but those are not permanent. No place is permanent. I mean, who was telling me? A friend of mine was telling me, this is like Mitzrayim. It's like the Jews outside of Israel are like the Jews that were in Mitzrayim. They just don't want to leave. They're too comfortable being slaves. They don't want to try anything new. They don't have any faith. It's a horrible thing to hear, especially someone like me who came here and is alone here and has made it. Um, and has loneliness and has me memories that are different, but still did it. And I have no regrets. It's hard for me to look over and see the people that are still there had, who, who had maybe a Jewish education and even maybe vacations here and have family here, but they're still not here. I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, and that I really, really hope that changes. I, I don't know what else I can do except, you know, beg. And like try to show the beautiful parts of Israel. And there are so many amazing things here. It's true. You can listen to Yosef and he was saying to me how waiting in line for his mail was an all day affair. I know exactly what he means. 
I don't experience that, but I know in the cities, I see these lines that wrap around the mail building. It's called the door here, the post office. And I'm so lucky that here it's, it's not like that. You know, it's a, it's, we all have a box and there's one woman in the office. And when you get a package, you get a little note and you go and you pick it up and there's never a line ever. I mean, if there's a line, it's one person. Um, small villages here are a beautiful way of life. The Yishuvim, the Moshavim, the Kibbutzim. You don't have to live in a big bustling city. You can, but you don't have to. Um, there are so many ways of living here. You can live in a suburb. You can live in a small village. You can live, like I said, you know, in the city, a very developed village. You can live in a place out on the mountaintop with goats and sheep. It's just awesome. And, you know, you only live once. So come and live here. Come live your best life here. Have an adventure. Um, it's just, ugh, it's just, it's just amazing here. I mean, every morning I take my dog off and we're walking out beyond the security road, out in the rocks and the fields. And it's just, you know, we see animals and chickens and goats and sometimes, um, Ibexine, which are like deer. And it's just, it's amazing. It's, just, it's amazing. It's, you know, this is where I live. And um, you find this all kinds of places. You know, you want to go on vacation here. Nothing's very far. You know, three hours to skiing, three hours to sunshine and water. Nothing's that far. And um, you make friends and your friends are close by. Also, I just ran into a friend today from New Jersey. She's visiting her daughter here. It was totally off the cuff. It just happened to be I was driving home from Yerushalayim after a meeting. And she said, I'm here. I'm at this hotel. Can you meet? I really didn't think I was going to be able to. I said, well, let me just see how far I am. And she told me where she was. I was literally three minutes away. And I'm kind of a nervous driver when I'm in Yerushalayim, a lot of traffic, but I did it. I put into a parking lot and we met for lunch. This is amazing. I haven't seen this girl in five years. It was just great. Um, that happens, you know, people come here. Everyone eventually comes here. You know, they come here to visit their children or they come here to live or they come here for vacation. But this is the center of the world. This is the center of the Jewish world. And, you know, eventually, you're going to come here. Would you want to come here and like know the place and just be here already? So it's your home as opposed to having to stay as a tourist in a hotel and depend on others. I mean, it was so awesome. You know, I could order for her. I knew my way around and uh, it was easy for me. And it's, it's just, I, I, I don't think I have enough words, but it really is something that is burning inside of me when I, when I see what's going on in the world and people want to help. And, you know, why? Why are they there? Why is there such a huge Jewish population in, of all places, the Ukraine, where they were just so awful during World War II, where they were guards in the death camps? I mean, the Ukrainians are no fans of the Jew. Why are they there? It's, um, I guess they got stuck. I guess life is good. I guess they see Israel as a last resort. Well, whoever's listening, and if you have friends in the Ukraine or in any other country, please tell them, don't treat Israel as a last resort. Treat Israel as your first choice because it's a first-rate place. It is totally awesome to be here. And it's different, just like Yosef said, 
but every country is different. Portugal is different. Spain is different. Paris is different. London is different. Yes, it's different than what you're used to. You get used to it. There are things that are better here and there are things that are worse here. But come and be part of it and help build it up more because it's building up fast. It really is changing. It's building up. We have everything and it's happening faster and faster and the improvements are right before your eyes. It's awesome. It's a great time to be here to see these changes happening and to come while it's good. You know, it's it's getting crowded. Real estate prices aren't going down. They're only going up because everybody wants to come. So be one of those and come. And uh, if you have any questions, write to me, Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com and uh, tune in. Tune in next week and we'll be back to share more with you. Thank you all for joining us. Have a great week. love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.